Why do we like sound like we're like men? Like, did you not like hear that? I feel like our like tone was like completely shifted down. I mean, unless I just. <laughs> sure, sure. Wait, will we sound like that when we're like broadcasted? Like, will it go through like the Zoom sound or will it come through us? Okay. Oh, so she's going to think we sound stupid. <laughs> okay, sure. Go for it. Thank you so much for joining us, Narda. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us, Narda. We love you. <gasps> Sounds great. Sounds great. We're just going to have to talk like this. Oh. <laughs> it's like usually the radio training will tell you to lower your voice, but. No, yeah. Ugh, gross. Okay, the training will tell you to lower your voice, but. No, yeah. We're being pranked. I'm being pranked. Wait. Oh, someone's hijacking our computer. What are you doing? That was you. No. Oh. Uh oh. Okay, maybe it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm hijacking my own computer. Okay. Okay. See now. Now we have red bars. Let's get rid of those. (laughs) Take off that. Okay. Let's say our goodbye. Run through it one more time. Speed round. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Meredith McCabe produced today's show with Jeffrey Lee, Val Diaz, and Issa Johnson. We also got help from Mallory Cara. Victor Figueroa is our board op. And Derek Renfro composed our theme music. Hey, wait. I was just going to say. Who is it? Sebastian? Yeah, they're supposed to. Okay. Yeah, we need to add the um, live stream. Okay. We are also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Nicole Bednar. And I'm Claire Fogarty. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From, from Where We, we are. are. Who's um, live stream managing today? Who's live stream managing today? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Is someone putting that in right now or should we? I'm going to. Okay. I'll just I'll just from yeah, up there. Um Victor Rudovic. I think L E E. Live stream operator? It's live stream manager, right? You're the live stream manager, not the live stream operator, live stream manager. Okay. Thanks, Queen. (coughs) (coughs) Goodbye, goodbye. See ya. I think the headlines was changed when we were still reading it. Do you want to do these again? We can sure. skip the open and just go to headlines. Or do you want to do the open? Mm-hmm. Let's just do the headlines. Yeah, I feel yeah, like they're yeah. kind of like, and we repeat the open anyways. But first, these news headlines.
Michigan State University is reeling from a mass shooting on campus yesterday night. Three students were killed and five injured after the shooter opened fire in an academic building and student union building. The victims are students Alexandria Werner, Brian Fraser, Fraser? Fraser. Fraser? Brian Fraser and Ariel Diamond. The shooting suspect was found dead off campus from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. His motive is still unclear. MSU has moved into modified operations and canceled all classes until next Monday. One of our reporters interviewed MSU student Graham Dietrich, who hopes the students call for change don't go ignored this time. In the meantime, the Lang- Lansing, Lansing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lansing community is ta- uh, taking to social media with the hashtag SpartanStrong. No, you're good. I was just, this is confusing because they, they don't, like, there's no, there's no quote. We're good. I think we're good, yeah. Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, has announced her run for the 2024 presidential bid. Haley was also the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations under former President Trump. She is also the first major Republican candidate the first major Republican challenger to Donald Trump and the first woman of color to run for the Republican nomination. It's the second to last day of New York Fashion Week, and there have been celebrity sightings aplenty. Emily Ratajkowski closed out Simkai's show. Lindsay Lohan's siblings took to the runway for Christian Seriano, and White Lotus actor John Grise walks for Eckhaus Lada. But what really stole the show this year is influencer street style. Staged, candid photos of influencers walking from show to show have been clogging our feeds all week. And love is in the air and cheeseburgers. At McDonald's this Valentine's Day, the fast food chain launched a special meal meant for two, (coughs) backed by on and off set again. On and off set again. On on and off set again. On and off set again. Back to Just back keep by doing that on and <laughs> offset again, couple. Uh, sorry. Okay. On and offset. On and offset again, yes. couple. Cardi B and offset. The limited time meal features a cheeseburger with barbecue sauce and a large Coke, Cardi B's pick, and a quarter pounder with cheese and the large hive C, offset pick, and a large fries with apple pie. The United States National Labor Relations Board is holding an election starting tomorrow. They'll be voting on the unionization of USC graduate student workers and teaching-related jobs. The election will take place over the course of two days at University Park Campus, Health Sciences Campus, and Buck Institute. If passed, student workers will be represented by the Graduate Student Workers Organizing Committee, UAW, the same union that organized the largest academic strike in U.S. history at UC campuses. And those are some of today's headlines. USC Annenberg celebrated the inaugural Charlotta Bass Day with a series of public speaking events earlier today and welcomed some high-profile guests to engage with Charlotta Bass with the Charlotta Bass Journalism and Justice Lab. Anthony Klingeman has the story. Today, we have an intriguing story about the increasing use of artificial intelligence. 
As you may know, many students are turning to chatbots and language models like ChatGPT for academic help. However, some professors are questioning the ethical implications of such technology in the classroom. What if I told you what... Yeah. ChatGPT is a chat box fueled by artificial intelligence and quite the controversy. Okay. What if I told you what Claire just said was actually written by ChatGPT? <clears throat> With a chatbot that good, it might not be long before us radio hosts are obsolete. Let's see what USC professors have to say about this new tech. Here's Cami Toomey with the story. I'm Claire Fogarty. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Nicole Bednar. It's 56 minutes past the hour coming up. Budget-friendly spring break ideas and a conversation on Pat Tillman's legacy with journalist Narda Zacchino. <gasps> Stay with us. It's only 26 days till spring break. From cities to mountains to sunny beaches, USC students are planning out this vacation in full swing. Janie Zhang has the story. Just before Sunday's Super Bowl, the NFL aired a video presenting the Pat Tillman's Foundation Scholars. Tillman was a former professional football player for the Arizona Cardinals who turned down a multi-million dollar offer to join the U.S. Army Rangers. He was described in the video as having ultimately lost his life in the line of duty. People around the nation were outraged at the mischaracterization of Tillman's story. The video had no mention of how he was killed by friendly fire. A report requested by the Tillman family revealed that the U.S. government was aware of the fact. Oh, yep. Yeah, uh, revealed that the U.S. government was aware of this fact days after it happened and yet did not report to the family until weeks after the memorial service. Pat Tillman's mother, Mary Tillman, wrote a book called Boots on the Ground by Dusk, which per which detailed Pat's life, his death, and his family's search to find the truth. She co-wrote that book with Narda Zacchino, an award-winning investigative journalist who is the top editor at the LA Times and San Francisco Chronicle. Ms. Zacchino, thank you for joining us. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thank you, too. <laughs> we were wondering, why now? What do you think prompted the NFL to resurface Pat's story? What should listeners know about the circumstances of Tillman's death? What were some of the ways the government tried to co cover up the true nature of Tillman's death, and how did the family persevere despite the cover-up? <coughs> Sorry. You're good. Refreshing. With the story re-entering the news cycle, how do you think his legacy has changed since his passing in 2004? Thank you so much for joining us, Narda. And that's all that, and that's all we have time for today on From Where We Are. Meredith McCabe produced today's show with Jeffrey Lee, Val Diaz, and Issa Johnson. We also got help from Mallory Kara. Aaron Lee is our live stream manager, and Derek Renfro con composed our theme music. We are also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Nicole Bednar. And I'm Claire Fogarty. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From, From Where, Where We Are. Okay.
Okay, thank you. <laughs>Good evening and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Claire Fogarty, coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Nicole Bednar. It's Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Love is in the air. Happy Valentine's Day. On today's show, how ChatGPT is changing the classroom last-minute spring break ideas, the city of L.A. officially declares today as Charlotta Bass Day, and a conversation with award-winning investigative journalist Narda Zacchino. All that and more from where we are. But first, these news headlines. Our hearts are with the students and the families of Michigan State University. Michigan State University is reeling from a mass shooting on campus yesterday night. Three students were killed and five injured after the shooter opened fire in an academic building and student union building. The victims are students Alexandria Werner, Brian Fraser, and Ariel Diamond. The shooting suspect was found dead off campus from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. His motive is still unclear. MSU has moved into modified operations and canceled all classes until next Monday. One of our reporters interviewed MSU student Graham Dietrich, who hopes the students' calls for change don't go ignored this time. In the meantime, the Lansing community is taking to social media with the hashtag SpartanStrong. Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, has announced her run for the 2024 presidential bid. Haley was also the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations under former President Trump. She is the first major Republican challenger to Donald Trump and the first woman of color to run for the Republican nomination. It's the second to last day of New York Fashion Week, and there have been plenty of sightings of celebrities. Emily Ratajkowski closed out Simkai's show, Lindsay Lohan's siblings took to the runway for Christian Seriano, and White Lotus actor John Grise walked for Eckhouse Lada. But what really stole the show this year is influencer street style. Staged, candid photos of influencers walking from show to show have been clogging our feeds all week. Love is in the air. And in cheeseburgers at McDonald's this Valentine's Day, the fast food chain launched a special meal meant Meant for two, backed by on and off set again, couple, Cardi B and offset. The limited time meal features a cheeseburger with barbecue sauce and a large Coke, Cardi B's pick, a quarter pounder with cheese and a large high C, offset's pick, and a large fries and apple pie. The United States National Labor Relations Board is holding an election starting tomorrow. They'll be voting on the unionization of USC graduate student workers and teaching-related jobs. The election will take place over the course of two days at University Park Campus, Health Sciences Campus, and Buck Institute. If passed, student workers will be represented by the Graduate Student Workers Organizing Committee, UAW, the same union that organized the largest academic strike in U.S. history at UC campuses. And those are some of today's headlines. USC Annenberg celebrated the inaugural Charlotta Bass Day 
with a series of public speaking events earlier today and welcomed some high-profile guests to engage with the Charlotta Bass Journalism and Justice Lab. Anthony Klingerman has the story. Charlotta Bass was the first African-American woman to own and operate her own newspaper in the United States and ran for vice presidential candidacy years before Kamala Harris would see election. Her contributions to social progress are now being celebrated with the very first Charlotta Bass Day. Los Angeles City Council member Kieran D. Price delivered the formal declaration at Annenberg Hall and spoke with Annenberg Radio about the significance of Bass's accomplishments. Well, you know, the issues that she fought so hard for decades ago are still relevant today. Issues about uh, equity, about fairness, about opportunity. Those are the things she was fighting for, for all citizens. Certainly she had a focus on African-Americans, but they were not the only ones she was focused on. And today we're confronted with these same issues and problems. And so I think it's important that we recognize her as a real trailblazer, as a pioneer, as a shero. Price also discussed the importance of the new Charlotte Bass Journalism and Justice Lab at USC Annenberg and the need to build upon Bass's legacy. It's a way to use these tools in a way that shows how we can be creative, we can be inventive, and we can be persistent. The goals that she fought for, I think, are still important. And the interpretation that, that young people have of how to achieve those the results, I think, are going to be very exciting. And so we want to encourage our young people to, to do all they can. Reporting for Annenberg Media, I'm Anthony Klingerman. Today, we have an intriguing story about the increasing use of artificial intelligence. As you may know, many students are turning to chatbots and language models like ChatGPT for academic help. However, some professors are questioning the ethical implications of such technology in the classroom. What if I told you what Claire just said was actually written by ChatGPT? With a chatbot that good, it might not be long before us radio hosts are obsolete. Let's see what USC professors have to say about this new tech. Here's Kami Toomey with the story. ChatGPT is a chat box fueled by artificial intelligence and quite the controversial topic. Whether you want the program to generate a five-page paper on the history of the Peloponnesian War or a quick guideline on how to break up with a fling over text, with ChatGPT, all you have to do is fill in the prompt and minutes later, the text is complete. While ChatGPT might seem like a fun tool, educational institutions across the country, including the New York Public School System and the Los Angeles Unified School District, have banned the program. I spoke with USC professors to get their perspective on the use of the viral AI in the classroom. USC writing professor Mark Marino believes that programs like ChatGPT might be unavoidable as a professor. It just, it's, it's a reality. It's a technology that's out there in the world, and so now... Now we have to think about how it's going to change the way writing happens. But instead of rejecting the change, Marino's philosophy is if you can't beat it, join it. I am interested in exploring where this might take things. In my, my G seminar about digital writing, uh, I'm interested in how we can use it as a creative tool. Earlier in the semester, Marino invited his students to experiment with Chatbot by asking AI to write their first paper of the term, but only so they could discuss the failures of the program. But overall, Marino has faith with humans working with and not against technology in the classroom. It is also, I think, worth taking a deep breath and being confident in humans' ability to find ways to engage technology creatively and critically 
and to take that engagement to to come up with new things, new 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 kinds of of knowledge, new kinds of writing, and ones that that I think we have not yet dreamt of. Jonathan May, a research associate in the computer science department at USC, closely followed the rollout of chatbot programs. He explained that as of right now, AI is not a substitute for authentic student work. Uh, a well thought out paper that's coherent and like, uh, you know, uh, uh, is actually trying to, um, to, to get at the heart of whatever is, is being uh, evaluated is not something that we're going to see uh, like today or even in the next year. May also thinks that professors could potentially alter their curriculum to prevent students from abusing technologies like ChatGPT. There are cases where you do not want to allow tools when you're trying to teach a particular skill that the tools are going to, to replace. Uh, and I would want, maybe I would want to test that by having people like write in longhand, you know, in class during a test for that, for that kind of Though, overall, like Marino, he is optimistic that artificial intelligence can be used as a tool for good. I think having tools to spark ideas uh, is is a good thing, a net good thing um, uh, for us to be creative. Um, and, uh, and if we use them wisely and we use them correctly, like we don't really have anything to fear about the death of humanity or the death of creativity. Uh, so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Just this week, Microsoft and Google released their own AI chatbot programs, so it looks like this technology isn't going anywhere soon. For Annenberg Media, I'm Cami Toomey. I'm Claire Fogarty. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Nicole Bednar. It's nine minutes past the hour. Coming up, budget-friendly spring break ideas and a conversation on Pat Tillman's legacy with journalist Narda Zacchino. Stay with us. It's only 26 days till spring break. From cities to mountains to sunny beaches, USC students are planning out this vacation in full swing. Janie Zhang has the story. Winter doldrums got you down? Good news, spring break is approaching sooner than you think. With only several weeks left, USC students have already come up with all kinds of getaways. Let's first hear what they plan to do over the break. Spending this one-week vacation back home is definitely the plan for many students. Colonel Rowley, a junior accounting major, is going back home and revisiting all the familiar places. So I'm from Houston, Texas, so I'll be flying back there for the whole week. Honestly, I try to maximize my time at home, um, but also I have my car there, so I'll probably go to all my favorite cafes and just drive around because I don't have my car here, so I miss it. Since a lot of college kids are busy with internships or jobs, they might just stay local. Junior human bio major Jordan Williams is making the most of her break, working while also taking time off with friends. I have a job here, so I'm just going to be in LA, and I think a few of my friends are staying around, so we might hang out. I like Manhattan Beach a lot because they have a lot of cute cafes, and like Santa Monica and Culver City too, so we might go to there. In case you haven't come up with a plan yet, here are three destinations near Los Angeles that are worth exploring. What's more, totally budget-friendly. If you're considering somewhere near, Orange County is the right place for adventure and exploration. Just 40 minutes away from L.A. by car or by train, it is a land of beautiful beaches. 
You can join watching trips to see the numerous species of whales around the area at Newport Beach, take a walk on the pier along Huntington Beach, or catch an enchanting California sunset at Laguna Beach. The Orange County Museum of Art is also worth paying a visit to. Two new shows will open in February, so take the chance to check them out. Spring is one of the best times in California because of the mild and sunny weather. Enjoy nature at Bummer Canyon. It is just 40 miles away from downtown. Refresh yourself by going on a great and easy two-hour hike. Aside from hiking, trails are also available for mountain biking and horseback riding. Outdoor enthusiasts can always find pleasure in strolling past oak and sycamore groves. Already feeling the heat? Then a trip to Mammoth Mountain would be a great escape. The drive time is approximately five hours from Los Angeles. This ski resort has a wide range of tracks to offer, from steep chutes to wide open bowls. You can find abundant beginner-friendly lifts as well as challenging expert trails here. The Mammoth Pass is an affordable price of seventy-three dollars. No matter how they're spending their time off, students are counting down the days until March twelfth, the start of spring break for USC. For Annenberg Media, I am Jenny Zhang. Just before Sunday's Super Bowl, the NFL aired a video presenting the Pat Tillman Foundation Scholars. Tillman was a former professional football player for the Arizona Cardinals, who turned down a multi-million-dollar offer to join the U.S. Army Rangers. It was described in the video as having ultimately lost his life in the line of duty. People around the nation were outraged at the mischaracterization of Tillman's story. The video had no mention of how he was killed by friendly fire. A report requested by the Tillman family revealed that the U.S. government was aware of this fact days after it happened, and yet did not report to the family until weeks after the memorial service. Pat Tillman's mother, Mary Tillman, wrote a book called "Boots on the Ground by Dusk," which detailed Mr. Tillman's life, his death, and his family's search to find the truth. She co-wrote that book with Narda Zakino, an award-winning investigative journalist who was the top editor at the L.A. Times and San Francisco Chronicle. Miss Zakino, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. So we were wondering, why now? What do you think prompted the NFL to resurface Pat's story? Well, they wanted to have a tribute to. The Tillman Scholars and his、uh, foundation, the Pat Tillman Foundation, and、uh, in order to do that, of course, they had to introduce that. So they did. They did say he、uh, lost his life in the line of duty, which is true. But he was killed. It wasn't a killed in friendly fire. It wasn't as you might、uh, expect when they when they put it that way. So some people were very upset. They didn't say that he was friendly fire, and I understand that.、Uh, I also understand that they wanted to honor him、uh, through his foundation. And、uh, give it some publicity, and and of course, Pat played for the Arizona Cardinal Cardinals. He was a safety. 
he was an outstanding um, Barda, player. not to uh, interrupt you, but we're having like a little uh, difficulty too. with the connection. So our producers are going to ask you to um, call in using a phone number. Um, but oh, good. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. I'm getting an echo. So our, our producers are going to call you. Oh, good. Perfect. Okay. So Nicole and I just, we watched the ad before this show. Um, and it's not so much as an ad as like a segment or presentation of the yeah. scholars. Um, and we were, when we were researching it, it is kind of hard to tell like who was behind it. Exactly. Both yeah. his foundation and the NFL. But one thing is it did come off, um, very pro military service. Definitely, yeah. When after we researched, we weren't so sure that that's what Tillman's legacy would have, what he would have wanted it to be, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation on air. Yeah, definitely. Great. Okay. Um, and we're I patching her back. back in. Yep. We're we're back with. We're her. good. Okay, so okay, picking up where we left off, I think Nicole has a question. Yes. Um, so what should listeners know about the circumstances of Tillman's death? Well, I think they should know the truth, which is that uh, Pat Tillman was killed whether uh, with, in friendly fire. He was killed by American soldiers. Um, when he died, uh, the whole world, he, when he enlisted after 9-11 and gave up his football career, um, people were shocked at that, and he was something of a hero, and the military was, you know, they wanted to put him in Washington, D.C. to be a, a recruiter. That's how the Army wanted to use him, and he didn't, that's not why he enlisted. He enlisted to, you know, try to get Osama uh, bin Laden, and he, um, uh, so so he did, He, I mean, he did go, first they went into Iraq, his brother who was Kevin Tillman, who was a uh, professional baseball player. Um, he, they, they enlisted. They went first to Iraq, and then they went to Afghanistan. And with the, uh, the military, Pat was killed on April 22nd, which is a significant day, because on April 22nd, 2004, the military, the, the U.S. announced that they had lost more uh, soldiers, American soldiers, in Afghanistan in the war uh, than any other month before. This was only April 22nd, and they had already lost more than any other month. So that was bad news for the military and for the United States government. And then the story about Abu Ghraib and what was going on, the torture that was going on at Abu Ghraib prison, that story was about to break, and the, and the government knew it. So this was a really bad time for them in terms of public relations. So Pat being killed, this hero, they made him a hero, and they knew uh, the day he died, they knew certainly the day after that he had been killed in friendly fire. And yet they put out a story, a press release, that he had been killed in a heroic battle with the enemy, and he killed like you know, six or nine of the enemy before he was killed. And there was no gun battle. He was killed by friendly fire. And they, they stayed with that story until, until it got out. It finally got out. They waited also until his memorial service because they knew in his memorial service, at his memorial service, uh, that 
he had been killed in friendly fire, and yet they let the memorial service go on with all these people talking about what a great hero Pat was in killing the enemy, defending his country, and doing all that. And they, and they knew it wasn't a true story. And so, how did the family persevere you know, the, after that cover-up? People need to know the way uh, of what happened. And they don't like to tell it. And I, you know, I can't, I, I won't say I blame the NFL, but I do blame, you know, whoever put it together to, to just not say the truth. So with the story re-entering the news cycle, how do you think his legacy has changed since its passing in 2004? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me that there was such an up, uproar with what happened after uh, the, the announcement on Sunday, you know, the, the actual video, because it seems like his legacy goes on, that, but it's not, you know, the story isn't complete because the full truth hasn't been told, in my opinion. Uh, when uh, Pat's mother and I worked on this book, uh, we got a lot of information from a lot of sources that led us to believe there was there's more to it than has ever been written. You can read it in our book. I mean, we think that... Um, well, it's hard to say. <laughs> I, 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 you know, but... We think he might have been killed deliberately. Um, it's a possibility because uh, the fact that he was, they, they, they wanted to make a hero out of him. They also uh, didn't, they were not approving of Pat's uh, opinions on the war. So, for example, um, he was sent, they were sent, he and his brother were sent with their unit of the, the Army Rangers to Iraq. And Pat was had said publicly and had written in his journal that the Iraq war was effing illegal. I, I won't use the word he used, but you can... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. Um, and he also, he thought that was illegal, um, and he didn't he didn't approve of it at all. He also... Um, because he was seen as sort of, you know, this heroic figure, giving up football to go into the military and whatever. He was seen as, you know, this iconic figure to a lot of people. And the you, the government wanted to keep it that way. They wanted to make Pat look like, you know, uh, you know, he was this this heroic person. And he also talked about um, maybe running for office when he got back to mm-hmm. when he got out of the military running for office in, um, in Arizona. And okay. I think so, that might have... I think we're out of time. Um, but that's a lot uh, of information that I don't think was shared in that video that we saw before the Super Bowl. And it seems uh, that Pat was a hero, but just not the hero they wanted him to be. Um, uh-huh. Thank you so much for joining us today and illuminating this story. Um, okay. And... We hope you have a good rest of your evening. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thank you.
And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Meredith McCabe produced today's show with Jeffrey Lee, Val Diaz, and Issa Johnson. We also got help from Mallory Cara. Aaron Lee is our live stream manager, and Derek Renfro composed our theme music. We're also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Nicole Bednar. And I'm Claire Fogarty. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we'll hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We Are. Are.